Hello, and welcome back to Aliens, UFOs, and Ghost Stories, where we like to discuss everything paranormal. You are more than your body. You are a spirit temporarily experiencing this physical reality. Would you like to have this life-changing realization through first-hand experience? Would you like to learn how to lucid dream and take full control over your dreams and manifest any experience that you desire? Or learn astral projection to have out-of-body experiences in higher dimensions and attain profound spiritual knowledge and insight? Would you like to read about real encounters with aliens, shadow people, ghosts, angels, deities, the higher self, and other spiritual beings? If so, head over to Amazon.com and pick up the book Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions by author Vincent Fields. Discover who you truly are. Hey gang, today's intro is official by Skits the PLK. If you guys like his stuff, go check him out on SoundCloud. Yeah, it's time to rewind, reverse, and reroute to a spot that makes you want to reach out and really start to speak out on the topics that fix the optics I'm about. And that's knowledge, not the words you kick it for clout. I've been born with the visions only given to some. Call me the master of vibes, the universal alum. I'll give you the bread, they only give you the crumbs. So while you're sharpening knives, homie, got sharpened the tongue. It's like we lost connection, bars are low. Everybody's in the trap, but this cosmic yeah. flow will get you charged yeah. like stepping to a block of pros. If you oppose, nah. you're nothing but a crop of crows. Dead, lifeless, like bodies in ISIS. But this mic is life, so I strike like light wind. It turns to lightning and light wind. Hit like Tyson if I grip the right pen. The official. I call the game, no change in the issues. Alignment is geezer, Orion to get you. Into the midst of the stars like God sent you. Did it hit you? You official. Forgetting won't be an event that you'll get to. Blessed if you're feeling the best, they can't get you. Yes, put love on your breath, we're all special. Quiet the mind, try to find the real you. In due time, stress will be up in your rear view. Only complicated shapes vibrate when ears glue to the healing. You can get words that breeze through. I only kick rhymes that split minds. Call me skits cause I flip lines that split mine into pieces. I admit my spit shine. Like the North Star, follow feelings that fit fine. With the kindness, these mindless piranhas get the Benny Hanna. They ain't ready for the prana, sharp as a katana. Hotter than a proper silent, turn it rock to lava. As long as I got my saliva, I'ma kick a lot of knowledge and wisdom. Love and community, power, self-worth, guidance and unity. That's the vibration I chose, no time foolery. Let's start a new nation of truth, that sounds cool to me. Yeah, the official. I call the game, no change in the issues. Alignment is geezer, Orion to get you. Into the midst of the stars that God sent you. Did it hit you? You official. Forgetting won't be an event that you'll get to. Blessed if you're feeling the best, they can't get you. Yes, put love on your breath, we're all special Beat the patterns and the numbers if you wanna see the blueprint The children of Atlantis moving planets with a bullstick We control the matter of fact, watch me prove this Everything is cause and vibrational movements Underneath the ones and the O's, you see the code And once you see the way that it flows, then you can mold The way your whole reality looks and what you know to be true When it comes to the rules that you've been shown If the fewer human is the light that we reflect And the brighter you shine, the more that you connect to the true source of Wisdom, power, 
respect Become the light body transcended to the depths of the universe Through the verse you have now been blessed by the prophet Mark it as a cosmic event in your noggin Just like 9-11, don't forget all the topics I just try to give you on the strength Yeah, the official no changing the issues, a lime in his geezer, Orion to get you Into the midst of the stars like God sent you Did it hit you? You official Forgetting won't be an event that you'll get to Blessed if you're feeling the best, they can't get you Yes, put love on your breath, we're all special Hello and welcome back to Aliens, UFOs, and Ghost Stories. Today I'm joined by my friend Ralph Lugo. Uh, Ralph, you want to say hi? Yeah, man. How you doing? I want to say, first of all, that it's a pleasure and an honor to be on the pod. And I'm really excited to chat with you, man. Yeah, man. I, I uh, Long story short, for any of our listeners, um, I heard uh, Ralph in an interview. Um, it's been a while now. It's been at least a year. And uh, to say it briefly it really changed my life and uh i immediately sent it to my sister she listened to it uh two three times in a row and uh really really resonated with us and um he's got an absolutely fascinating story he's incredibly talented um and he's doing big things um he's an insanely accomplished uh musician can you tell the people where they can find your music um, all right. Yeah, sure. First, first off, thank you. You're super kind. <laughs> I really, I really do appreciate that. And, um, yeah, if you're, if you want to listen to some of the music that I'm into, I would like to say that I'm super proud that all of the music that I'm, I have done for the past couple of years now has been all in positive genres and been about positive peace, love and light, about knowledge and kind of getting people aware about the power that we hold within ourselves, as well as, you know, our family from the stars and all that. So uh, if you do want to check me out, you can check me out mostly on soundcloud.com slash listen, the number two, schizo, S-K-I-T-Z-O. And um, you can check out my music there. And if you hit me up with a message, I'll be more than happy to respond. I respond to everybody. So please contact me whenever you can. I'm also going to give my friend here all of my contact information for all my social medias that I don't know off the top of my head right now, which I should. But it would definitely be in the description, I would hope. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you guys want to get a uh, get a hold of Ralph or AKA Schizo, um, I'll have every bit of that contact information uh, and a SoundCloud link in uh, in the show notes below. But uh, and li- and listen, don't let the don't let the name Schizo get you all worried. Now, the reason why they called me that is because I do a lot of genres of music. I dabble in country, I dabble in rock, I dabble in you know hip hop, R and B, and and a long time ago, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, man, you can rap and." You can sing and you can write in so many genres. It's almost like you have multiple personalities. It's almost like you're a schizo. And I was like, you know what? Skits the PLK, you know? Skits the poet, lucid king. No, no, no. Skits the prophet, lucid 
King. And then it just started rolling from there. Then it was Skits, the Punchline King, and so many names, and I could keep on going on. But Skits definitely can mean a lot of things. And I don't want to, like, turn nobody off. Be like, oh, my God, his name is Skitzo. He must be a gangster rapper. No, that's not what we do here. It's all peace, love, and light. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna feature at the very least one one of his songs and uh he's that's that's all it is it's all it's all love so uh, yeah it's all positive really 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 inspiring stuff and um but (laughs) ralph has an absolutely incredible story um do you care to share some of the earlier um the earlier stories first or like you can take it wherever you want um yeah sure i mean listen i'm i'm just gonna start off with uh, a complete like disclaimer i'm just going to keep it real i haven't been regressed or i haven't had any kind of hypnotherapy done for any of my memories so a lot of these stories that i'm going to tell right now i i can reference what i believe them to be but i'm open to them being you know screen memories or you know um lucid dream state memories past life experiences all i know is that when i do know it to be you know as solid in this reality i will say it and when it kind of fades out or when it feels a little fragmented for me i will always you know, say it before I say the story so that way you guys could keep up and kind of understand the way I'm remembering this because I am not 100% on the timeline of my memories as far as, you know, how long I, I was on the ship. I can't tell you what day, if it was a Tuesday. I can't even tell you how many other extraterrestrial races could have been around me at the time. All I can say is what I do remember and what I did feel. So I, I'll start off by saying that, and um, let's start off with the earliest memory that I have. So from as early as I can remember, I just remember being afraid of the dark for some reason. I was always terrified of of a lot of things. I had phobias that I couldn't really explain why I had these phobias, but I knew that these certain things would terrify me. Like if there was a door in like a closet in the room slightly opened with a crack, it would terrify me. Like there was somebody on the other end staring at me. If I can see outside the blinds, of my mother's bedroom window because she wouldn't close the blinds or she wouldn't close the curtains and it was dark outside. I would always like fear that there was something on the other side of the blinds staring back at me. It always needed to be shut, always had that fear. Um, So I never really knew why, but I always slept in my mother's bedroom. Now this is one of the more embarrassing things that I don't like to admit, but I'm gonna admit it in hopes that maybe, you know, somebody out there might find some similarities in this. So because of my fear of the dark, without no reason to me at the time, um, I, I had a twin bed inside of my mother's bedroom and my father's bedroom, and I would sleep literally like right next to their bed, not, you know, a little hall, like a little gap in the middle where you could walk, but um, directly in their room. And I remember one night when I was sleeping, I must have been about five to six years old, which is probably one of my earlier memories. The the earliest memories, not probably. This is the earliest memory. And um, I just remember always having this instinct 
not knowing why, but always knowing that if I woke up in the middle of the night, before I opened my eyes, I would wiggle my toes. And I would never know why I did this. Nobody ever instructed me to do this, but I always had this sense of feeling, even at this early young age, that if I could wiggle my toes before I open my eyes, then I know if there's something there, I can move my hands. You know, if I could wiggle my toes, then I could move my hands. If I could move my hands, then I could hit anything that's close to me. So before I open my eyes, I can I wake up in the middle of the night, I get this feeling that something's staring at me. And before I open my eyes, I just try to wiggle my toes. And in this occasion, I could not wiggle my toes at all. So I knew that when I opened my eyes, I was going to stare at something. And I don't know if you've had this feeling before, but um, it's a very eerie feeling. The only feeling that I could kind of equate it to is when you're at a restaurant and somebody's staring at you in the back of your head really hard and you have to just turn around because you can just almost feel the piercing eyes. And then when you turn around, needless to say, somebody's like, ah, staring at you really hard. It's like that feeling of steaming, beaming eyes. Like I knew I was going to see something when I opened my eyes. And sure enough, when I opened my eyes, at the foot of my bed, there was what I would call uh, the classic gray shape. And um, what I saw was, uh, it was uh, it was the classic gray, the classic gray head. The best thing that I can equate it to would be the cover of the communion book. Like if you, if you know that book, communion and you've seen the cover of that book that's exactly how it was the 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 skin was a little bit more grayer but the eyes were slanted and big the same way same slant to them big oval eyes um kind of a little bit of a nose feature two holes where the nose should be little slit kind of identified lips but not so much some wrinkles to the face, but not so much. Mostly smooth, but patterned in some way. And I would say it did have some sort of a suit on from the neck down. It was a totally different color. So maybe some sort of skin tight suit. And I just remember the minute I saw that figure at the foot of my bed piercing me with his big black almond eyes, I looked in the hallway. And at this time, I couldn't move my neck. I couldn't move my body. I can only really move my eyes and get my tongue and my mouth to kind of mouth the words, mommy, mom, mom. But she wasn't responding to my cries, even though she was right next to me. And um, I was just paralyzed, just there looking at this figure. Then I looked in the doorway and there was another figure, same grace, just standing there, but I can only see half of the silhouette of his body, kind of like one of his um, almond eyes, his shoulder, just standing in my doorway. And then I saw another gray behind him in the hallway, in the distance behind the doorway, because the doorway was open. And as I'm panicking, I guess I'm my panicking is ramping up, my heart's rolling, I'm looking at this gray, I can hear a telepathic connection in my own voice, it wasn't like um, a different voice. Like I didn't hear a voice that wasn't mine, which I've heard before as well, like otherworldly when I've had communication during meditation with other extraterrestrial beings. But on this specific occasion, it used my own voice as a form of comfort. And it said in my mind, um, we're not here to hurt you. Everything's going to be okay. And it started kind of, it's weird to say, but kind of almost floating towards me 
a little bit of a waddle, but almost like a kind of like a moony floating kind of walk towards me in the pathway. And as it gets closer to my face, closer to my face, I can see more features and I black out. And then I wake up and it's the morning time. I try to tell my mother what happened in the morning and she's just like, oh, you must have had a dream. Oh, you must have had a bad dream or whatever, which I don't blame her. I mean, although she's had alien experiences as well, and I'll be more than happy to tell you about that as well. But um, I don't I don't really blame her for not believing me. I mean, I'm five, six years old. I'm telling her there's three aliens coming in my room. She probably thought I saw a scary movie or something. So although many years you're kind of like living with the kind of like, damn, nobody believed me. I've learned to realize that it really wasn't her fault. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to believe. Although she's had her own alien experience as well, she told me a story once before, which she will never confirm, you know, because she, to her, it was just a dream. But it sounds weirdly like an alien abduction to me, which confirms the generational kind of abduction theory. And the story that she told me is my family background is from Puerto Rico. So my mother one day was with her two brothers in the woods and they were kind of playing in the mountains of Puerto Rico because they were, you know, they lived in the mountains. Um, and they were just kind of playing in the fields or whatever. And her brothers went off to play in the woods and left her kind of playing in the field, picking flowers and doing what, you know, what girls do at the time. And she said that she saw kind of like this this silver kind of like what she explains as a top dancing in the sky for her. And the way she explains it is in her childlike mind, the silver thing kind of was doing a dance for her. It was going left, going right, going up, going down or whatever. Then she just remembers seeing that and she doesn't remember anything at all. But she remembers coming down from a white light spinning like in a very fast rotation and she lands on the floor gently but when she lands on the on the ground of the you know the grassy area where she was first originally playing she was spinning on the floor as well and she just remembers being a little disoriented remembering spinning on the floor kind of sitting there for a minute or two she doesn't recall any disc flying away or anything flying away or at least she never told me that and um, she said her brothers came, which are my uncles, running to her because they saw her in the field. And they were like, oh, my gosh, where were you? Where were you? We couldn't go home. And it's almost dark. And we knew that if we would have went home without you, mommy would have killed us. And what seemed to be 15 to, you know, a couple of minutes to her, the way she explains it, it couldn't have been more than five minutes to me, Bobby, is what she told me in Spanish. Um to my, to my brothers, though, it was like two to three hours. They explained to her, we couldn't find you for two, three hours, and then now we see you here, and they were really mad at her, but she was trying to explain that it was only five minutes in her mind, but and then she couldn't explain why it was getting dark, and it was just daytime. So that was the only weird story that she told me from her childhood, and then because of her religious background, she just decided to opt out of the whole, you know, 
there might be other things out there experienced, which then again, a, a, a long part of my life, I've spent kind of mad at that. But I now being older, I know I can't be mad at that because, you know, once again, there's no way that she can know. And once a person finds their truth and their path, they have every right to believe what they need to believe to get where they need to go. So I respect her and um, what she brought to the table with at least the way that she tried to handle it. She didn't handle it in the best way and my father didn't really handle it in the best way. But once again, I'm a well-rounded individual so they obviously did something right. And um, I don't hold any animosity towards it, even though I did in the past. So if anybody out there might be having so similar feelings, just understand it's different times. And sometimes a conversation is all it takes. And a little bit of time is all it takes. Um, let me see. Right after that, I guess I didn't really have too many other experiences that I can remember until I started getting older, like in my teenage years and my early 20s. Um, well, one of the experiences I remember that wasn't too, too kind of crazy, but it was it's worth is worth noting is one day I was taking a nap on the couch and I just remember I must have been between the ages of 19 and 22, around that kind of age, around the first apartment phase. You know, I had my first apartment like around the age of 20, 21. So I would say around 20 would be a smarter number. And um, I was laying down on this couch in my first apartment. And I just remember laying there and having this feeling of, oh, here we go again. There's, um, I gotta wiggle my toes. <laughs> There's something staring at me. And um, sure enough, I couldn't, I couldn't wiggle my toes. And the minute I open my eyes, I see this gray. And I'm talking about it's nose to nose with me. It's almost three inches away from my face. It's like, boom, dead smack. It was so close that I can see. It was so close that I can see um, that behind the eyes of these big black dark eyes, there was some sort of movement. So I don't know if this is for every being that has big almond eyes. I don't know how this works. I haven't met every being in the world, nor have I claimed to. But um, I would say that because it was so close to my face, which, by the way, all I did was go, like yell out really loud the minute I saw it and I passed out immediately but in that one ah second that I locked eyes with this thing I just remember behind the darkness I can almost see a pupil moving behind there which leads me to believe it might be some kind of glasses above the eye for some sort of light, almost like we wear glasses to protect us from light, sunlight. It might be something like that to maybe, I don't want to even speculate, but it felt like contacts that look like um, a film of some sort, like a Kodak film. And that's the best I can explain that. But um, also um, in doing research later on in life, I was able to tie that experience to an experience that Dr. Carla Turner, rest in peace, um, was able to talk about, which she claims to be a brain scan 
Now, supposedly, she says a grave would come up to you that close, lock eyes with you, and because your eyes are connected to your nervous system in some kind of way, and your spine in some kind of way for them to knock into your brain in some kind of way or get control of you. I don't know about any of the details of that, but I know that it was a strong validation, validating point for me because I didn't find that after information until years afterwards. So... I would definitely check her information, Dr. Carla Turner. She, she, it, she, um, um, it says that she was assassinated for the information that she was bringing to the table. But once again, I don't want to speculate on any of that because, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a professional in that case. So I don't want to just, you know, just look it up and you'll see for yourself. After that, another significant kind of couch, kind of short, little experience that I had would be when I was laying down on the couch one time in the same apartment, I remember having this feeling that something was staring at me again, you know, and I know what people might think, yo, this is always happening in some kind of sleeping state or dream state. That's the reason why I, I started in the beginning with a disclaimer. I don't know if some of this is lucid dreaming. I don't know if these are fragmented memories. If there's anybody out there, if there's any hypnotherapist out there that would like to take me seriously in my stories and want to reach out to my brother here and contact me, I would be more than happy as long as my man is doing the middleman and I trust my man man Jake. So if, if he's if he's involved with it, I 100% consider it for sure. So please reach out to him and let me know if um, if there's anybody out there that want to help me out with any regressions. I'll be more than happy to entertain anything out there. Um, so I was laying down on this couch and I had this feeling like something was staring at me and I just remember opening my eyes and I, and I was living in Florida at the time. So I had a ceiling fan and the ceiling fan, it wasn't going, but there was like where the ceiling fan should be, like where the ceiling fan should be, was just this big black kind of a spider web. The only way that I can explain it is Venom. Like if you see the movie Venom and you see when Venom is in his Venom liquidy form or whatever, that's kind of what it looked like on the ceiling, but it was transparent because I saw a gray on the other side of it, kind of peering, looking down at me. So if you can imagine like the old cartoon days, you get like, if you've seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you take the little black hole kind of thing and you slap it on the wall, you can stick your arm through it. If you were to be laying on the couch, you look up at the ceiling fan, there's no ceiling fan there, there's this big spider web kind of moving black goo type thing. And on the other side of that, looking through the darkness of the hole is the face of a gray, kind of noticing that I'm staring back at it. And then the minute we kind of both noticed that we were staring at each other, I get this startling sensation, almost like I was connected to the gray at the moment. And I felt him being like, oh my God, he's up. Like, oh, he's, he's staring at me type deal, like startled. And the black goo all of a sudden kind of just sucked into the ceiling fan, and it went in straight to the electricity. It almost looked like, and like kind of just sucked into the ceiling fan, and that was it. That was all I could remember about those kind of like the eye-to-eye -eye contact situation and uh, 
whole black goose situation. Those are two situations that I don't know if they're separate or the same because they happen on the same couch. But um, it's really a crazy experience that I cannot explain. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a really cool one, which I think to be um, a my lab abduction. Now. I'm going to talk about the My Lab first, and then I'm going to talk about another one, which I think has to do with a hybridization program that I might have been involved with. But then again, that's just research that I have been doing later on in life that I resonate with in listening to my own memories. I'm like, damn, you know, I, I remember that. And that sounds like they're talking about my life, you know? So that's that's kind of how I'm, I'm putting the two and two together. So once again, nobody's told me this. I'm just kind of, you know, putting the pieces together and trying to do the best I can with the memories I have. So in this situation with the My Lab Abduction, it's kind of a long one, so bear with me. Um, I hope I don't bore anybody out there. <laughs> but um, all right, so it was just a regular day. Um, it was just my my wife was just, you know, just finished cooking, just finished kind of preparing food. We was throwing away the garbage. I would say the time would be right before the sun's about to go down, still a little light out. But the sun's about to go down. So it's almost dark, still a little light, kind of see the stars, kind of not yet. But we're right on the line. You know, it's 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 kind of dark. It's kind of light out, but it's like right there. And the way the inner workings of my house was is, you know, I got a hallway leading to my front door. And to that front door, if you leave it open, you can see the front kind of pathway. You make a left, the garage is on the left, and that's where we keep our garbage. My wife was, she took a a, a bag of garbage. She walked out like she was going to throw away the garbage. And I was just admiring how beautiful she was as she was walking away. And I was just staring at her like I always do because my wife is gorgeous. And she's walking out the door and she just stops. And I'm just looking at her because she's at the pathway area outside the house with the door wide open, by the way. She didn't close the door behind her. It was just wide open. And, and she has this frozen kind of just the weirdest, like her neck is just her whole body stiff and her neck is just pointed up looking. And it feels very hypnotic-like, like she's in some kind of a state. But like she was just walking outside to throw away the garbage. She has the garbage in her right hand. She's kind of staring up and I'm kind of looking at her and I'm like, okay, I want to see how long this takes. I'm going to stare at her for how long? And then when she turns around and she feels those eyes peering in the back of her head, I'm going to look at her like, yeah, dummy, like, what was you doing? Like, hello, lady, you're like hypnotized here. You know, like I wanted me to be the first face that she saw when I was talking that junk to her, right? So like the minute she realized, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. Like he caught me daydreaming, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. And it just wouldn't happen. Like she wasn't moving at all. She was just stiff. So I'm like counting the Mississippis in my head. I must've got up to 45 and she's not moving and no scratching on the head, no hand on the hip, just this stiff body, man. And her neck facing up. And I'm like, okay, now it's getting weird. About a minute in, it felt like longer, but you know, just to be reasonable, I would assume it was about a minute because I wouldn't stare for more than a minute. 
minute. I would assume I wouldn't. That would be just creepy, I would think. But so I'm just going to say about 45 seconds to a minute in, I start walking towards her. I touch her on the shoulder. And the minute I go, hey, babe, she snaps out of it immediately. She goes, oh, my God, isn't it like, isn't the sky so beautiful right now? And I'm like, yeah, weirdo. You've been standing there for like a whole minute, like, crazy just stiff staring at it and she was like what are you talking about i just walked out here looked up saw how beautiful it was and you was behind me so to her the way she tells it five seconds barely she's just stood there five seconds no problem throws away the garbage it was enough to get me outside so we're both talking about how beautiful the sky is at the time we're standing in front of the driveway which is like right in front of the garage door in between where my car is parked. So my car is right in front of us. I'm in between the garage door and I'm just hanging out. We're just looking at the sky and I see this light in the horizon above my nature. It starts like in the background above my neighbor's house across the street. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, babe, look, it's one of those Chinese lanterns. It's one of those Asian kind of like um, lanterns that they like, you know, when parties going on. I'm waiting to see a whole bunch of them. And it's just going up slowly and just rising up slowly, this lantern-like golden light just rising up slowly. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's, it stopped. And those lanterns wouldn't stop. Like, that, that's weird. Oh, okay. Done. I got it. I look at my wife, helicopter. So it's like, you know, we're in Orlando. I live in Oviedo. It's a good neighborhood. But, you know, every now and then you get the helicopter out with the spotlight, kind of searching for people. I'm trying to reason with my brain on what could it possibly be, a flare. I'm like just naming everything I can. And then finally, it wasn't a helicopter. It was just this golden light in the sky. And I'm like, I don't hear a helicopter. I don't see it as a spotlight. It's just a golden light. It's brilliant, beautiful diamond of a brilliant light in the sky. I look at my wife. I Now I'm on the opposite side of my car. So I'm in. I'm at the front of my driveway now, in, in like where the sidewalk is, at, at the trunk of my car, which would be the, you know, the back of the car. I want to tell you exactly where I'm at, where this is happening, so that way everybody can kind of get an image in their mind. And... Um, I'm like, babe, I think we're looking at a UFO. Like, I think this is a UFO. And, and she, we're both like, oh, my God, it's happening. Like, we're having an experience. Whoa. Like, I love it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not the one that runs away from E.T. I'm the one that runs towards him. So, so that's, that's how I felt. So I grabbed her by the hand and I said, babe, I'm going to connect with this thing. I'm going to try to connect with this thing. So... I'm looking at this UFO, it's in the sky, it's golden, and I go, with peace, love, and light, I'm an ambassador to Earth. My name is Rafael Lugo. Um, I want to say with all the love I have in my heart that I want to thank you, that I'm looking at you right now, and just to know that I'm connected to you, can you please just move to the left for me? And sure enough, it just, the minute I think it, in my mind, it moves to the left. There's no delay. It's like a straight up, can you please move to the left? One Mississippi, move to the left. And I'm like, oh, and I squeeze my wife's hand in excitement. And I go, oh, my God, babe, I think I'm connected. I think I'm connected. I think I'm connected. Hold on. And in my mind, again, I go, trying to contain all my excitement. I go, 
with peace, love, and light again. I want to say thank you so much with everything in my body. But just to make sure that we're super connected, can you please move to the right? And right when I said it, one Mississippi, it moves to the right. And at this time, there's no doubt in my mind, I am super connected to this. I'm getting excited. It's now pulsating. It's getting brighter. It's getting dimmer. It's getting brighter. It's getting dimmer. It's moving a little to the right. It's moving a little to the left. And it's just in the in a small station in the distance, but directly in eye line with me and my wife. As I'm looking at this thing and having this beautiful experience with this with this ex, with this UFO or this living extraterrestrial ship or this consciousness that was driving it or whatever was happening. I see this black Durango. Now, I know what a Durango looks like. I see it coming down my street. And the thing that stood out, normally I wouldn't even freak out about this. Nobody else was outside looking at the UFO, just me and my wife. And normally I wouldn't be like, oh, this big deal, this car. Like, I'm not a paranoid person. So I'm not all worried about cars. But there's something about how the windshield looked at this car. Like, Usually the tents are just on the passenger sides or on the sides or the back, maybe. It's very rare that you get the complete black limo tent in the front windshield of the car. So it was a black and black car, Durango, windshield was black, and it's riding slow. Now, down my street, you have to drive 15 to 25 miles per hour. It's a residential neighborhood or whatever. So cars usually drive 10, 15 miles per hour. It's not a big deal. But it was creeping slower than that. So it was taking a longer time. So I'm looking at this UFO while looking at the Durango. Now I'm getting a little paranoid. Looking at the UFO, looking at the Durango. As this car passes, like it gets to, I guess, my next door neighbor's house right before it reaches me, it starts speeding up a little bit as it passes me. Once it passes me and my wife, as we're looking at this UFO, she says, and I'm going to quote her, it flashed a, a, a red and white light or a red and blue light. It, to her, it looked like that. To me, I saw a green flash. It was a distinct green flash. I don't know where this flash came from. It could have came from on top of the car, inside the car, under the car, between the car, laser. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I just know that as this car passes, my eyes for a split second saw a green flash. All I could tell you. It continues to pass. I'm looking at this UFO. I'm looking at this car parked. Now this black Durango is reversed in. The the end of the street, this house that's just down at the end of the street, it's reverse parked into their driveway. And I can feel the eyes of whatever's in that damn car staring at me and my wife as we're in the driveway staring at this UFO. Now, at this very time, I'm looking at the Durango Park down the street. I'm looking at the UFO, which is still kind of pulsating. Now, helicopters start flying in from everywhere. Black helicopter flies over my house. Pretty low, but average height for a helicopter comes from the east, comes from the west, comes from the north. I'm talking about, I can't lie to you, I wish I would have had the, the intelligence to take a picture at this time or grab a video camera. But I was so immersed in the experience that it was far from the thought of go run and get your phone. Like the last thing I wanted to do was go anywhere, but just enjoy this beautiful just beautiful experience I'm having. And I'm looking at the I'm looking at these helicopters completely surrounding this light now. I'm not lying to you. 
I probably counted five to seven, maybe eight helicopters surrounding this life. And as I'm looking at it, my wife gets freaked out. Now it's too much for my wife to handle. It was cool when it was just a UFO and maybe a black car. Because, you know, she got her small, strong husband there to protect her. But once it starts going like, you know, helicopters and maybe MIB in the corner and me totally immersed in the experience, she kind of felt a little overwhelmed. She said, you know what? I'm going inside. This is too much for me. Goodbye. I'm done. So I'm like, all right. Do what you got to do. I'm not missing this. You're a chicken. Wow, wow, baby cry. Get out of here. I'm going to experience this to the end. I'm here. Like, this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm in it to win it. You know, I want to be involved in this. And she goes inside. I'm there by myself. Slowly, it starts dimming out, dimming out. It's gone now. There's nothing there. I kind of feel connected still. So it could be in another dimension. It could be phased out of reality. Maybe it felt threatened by the UFOs. I mean, it's threatened by the helicopters. Maybe it did its job and had the connection it needed to have with whoever besides me connected. Because it was in the sky. I don't think I was the only person that saw it. I'm just probably the only person that's speaking about it. But um, as far as I know, you know, it felt like I was super, super connected to this thing. It felt like it was a me and this beautiful light thing. And, um, you know, after it dims out, there's still helicopters there, but I decide to go inside. Now, the one weird thing that as I account now, and I think about it later on in life, I go, you know what's weird about that situation is me and my wife never really talked about it the minute we went in. She, we kind of, kind of was like, oh my God, that was a cool experience, right? Yeah, no doubt. And let it go, which right now drives me crazy. Cause I feel like if I would have had the same experience right now, I wouldn't be able to stop jibber jabbering about it for at least three or four hours. So that was kind of weird. So I figured I'd note that right now I'm inside. Right. And we're not talking about it, which is kind of weird. Like I stated and we, now me and my kids, you know, we kind of want to watch Nacho Libre. And it's like the first night they had Nacho Libre on, so we're super pumped to watch it, whatever. Everything's cool. We watched the whole movie after dinner. Well, we all like to turn off all the lights, and we have a big screen TV in the living room, and we like to make it like a little movie theater. We make popcorn, and we do the whole night, right? So it's super dark. The kids are sleeping on my couch. Now, my oldest son is sleeping, like, on one side of the, you know, the big couch. My youngest son is sleeping on the other side of the big couch. Their legs are touching. Both heads are kind of opposite each other on opposite ends of the couch. I have a green recliner to the left of that couch in which my wife was sitting on. And then I was sitting on the love seat to the right of the couch. So... My wife is kind of directly across from me, you know, but there's a couch in between us. And we're kind of just talking. And I know that it was around 1043-ish because the Roku at the time would display the time on my TV when we let it, exactly, when we let it, when we let the display, the TV go on for too long. It was one of the first generations of Roku, so it didn't have the cool backgrounds when, like, the screensaver, it just had the time. 
So on this big screen TV, I'm talking with my wife in the middle of the just dark with just that light of the TV to guide us. And I knew it was like 1043. You couldn't tell me it was, excuse my language. You couldn't tell me it was 1043, right? And my, me and my wife are talking and the time is bouncing and she's like, hold on, babe, do you hear that? And I go, do I hear what? There's like somebody jiggling at the doorknob. And I was like, shut up. Somebody, you're just trying to scare me, somebody jiggling at the doorknob. So we both quiet, like you can hear a pin drop. And then sure enough, I hear the jiggling like somebody's, like, like as if somebody was gently trying to get your attention. Like, hey, I'm at your door. Come and get me. Like, like jiggling at the door, like trying almost to break in, but not aggressively, like picking the lock in a way, like just jiggling at the door. And I hear it. And my wife is like, well, you know what you need to do, right? And of course, she sends me into the darkness to walk towards the front of the freaking door, right? And I don't want to turn on the light because I don't want to startle whatever's at the front door. I want to catch it in the act. So that way, if it is a friend pulling a prank on me, I can scare him before he can scares me. Or if it is a robber, I get to jump on the thief before. He, I mean, it is 1045. It's possible that somebody could be trying to rob. It's a very quiet neighborhood, right? So I'm, it's dark. My Everybody looks like it's sleeping. You know, it's possible. I look like a target. And right before I can get to the front door, I have this hallway that leads to the bathroom and another two rooms before you get to the front door. And I look into that hallway and a white flash, I get hit with a white flash. The best way I could explain it, and as corny as it may sound, the men in black, just a white, everything went white in my eyeballs. I didn't hear no flash sound from like a movie. I just remember looking to the right and just it, everything went from totally black to white as paper. Both my eyes were completely black. And um, I woke up instantly in my back bathroom with my shirt off with the feeling of... Like, I don't know if you ever was a crazy child like me, but we used to play a game where we used to cut the air supply off to our brain to pass ourselves out <laughs> in the hallways and and um, of New York. And when you wake up, you get like that tingly feeling in your body, like your whole body's waking up from numbing or whatever. And also, I have, I have had surgery before having this experience. And I just remember waking up from anesthesia of this, the, the, the medicine of the surgery and just feeling this weirdness in the lower part of my back, like my spinal fluid was doing some weird stuff or whatever. And I just remember just when I woke up from that cold bathroom floor with my shirt off in a panic state, those were the two things that I remembered. I heard a ringing in my ear like a, Ooh. I heard that faded out as I was waking up. I, I felt my whole body tingling like I just woke up from passing out. And that crazy anesthesia in the back of my bottom 
like I almost felt like I wanted to throw up. It was like a weird medicine-y, anesthesia-like feeling in the back of my lower spine. And I just get up and my first instinct is, where are my kids? Where are my kids? Like my father, primal, animal, just I'm on the floor. Where are my kids? That's all I care about. And I run out of my back bathroom, run through my bedroom, because that's where my back bathroom was in my bedroom. And I run into where my living room was, which is where I was originally. And sure enough, my wife is no longer in the green recliner. She is now in the love seat in which I was sitting in, in the most uncomfortable position too. Like her knees is almost touching her chin the way she's laying down, like, Nobody would sleep that way. It was just a very uncomfortable position. I just remember seeing her in the most uncomfortable position. Like, nobody would sleep that way. Um, my and, and remember, I would like to say a disclaimer. I don't know if this is a dream, fragmented memories, screen memories, or whatever. So I just want to put this out there. But my son was laid out on the couch. His feet was where the pillow should be. And his head was underneath the blanket, which is completely weird to me. Like, his head should be where the pillow is, not his feet. His body should be under the blanket, not his head. It's just a weird way to just see feet instead of his head. It was just weird. And then my other son was sleeping underneath my kitchen table, which at the time was weird because we didn't allow that to happen because it was a glass table. So we never really made a fork under the table. But sure enough, he had like a little blanket and a pillow underneath the kitchen table, sleeping under there perfectly fine, like nothing happened. And I woke up to my wife and I slap her on the leg right as I'm looking at the time. And I go, yo, it's like 2.48 in the morning right now. It was literally like 2.40 something, 2.30 something, two, it was two and change. It was, it shouldn't have been almost three o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you that. Because to me, I blinked my eyes and I woke up in that back bathroom. There was no time. It was it was complete. Like, close your eyes right now. Open them. That's how long it took. Like, that's, that's the exact length that it took me to realize I went from the front door to my back bathroom. It was literally a blink of an eye to me. But my time literally just said 1043. It should be saying 1055, the latest, if anything. If anything, if it was like me passing out and then stumbling to my bathroom and then it's no way it should be three o'clock in the morning. Right. (laughs) And I slap my wife on the leg and I'm like, hello, what happened? And she looks at me and she goes, literally, she wakes up like, what, what happened? And I was like, what you mean? What happened? And she was like, the last thing I remember is her words. Last thing I remember was you walking to the front door. And that's it. That's all I remember. And that's it. It's the weirdest experience I've ever had in the Oviedo house. Now, that, to me, is what I would say feels like a military abduction. That was super different than anything I've ever felt till that time. Now, in that same house, I've had another two significant experiences One of which could be, once again, dream state or physical on craft. But in this Oviedo house is where I had a a lot of decent experiences, I would say. Because 
I remember this one time, a, a little small experience I've had. I don't think I've said this anywhere. But um, I was aboard a ship, and I just remember wearing, like, some sort of gauze. Like, if gauze was a hospital gown, best way I could explain it. And it was just on me, covering my whole body. And I, I just remember feeling the walls. The floors were kind of... Um, Damn, the best way I can explain is like, um, I don't want to say spongy because that wouldn't be the right word for it. Because you think of a sponge, you would think it's really spongy. I want to think like more like, you know how when you go to a playground and you know those playground mats that are they have a little bit of give way, but they don't got full give way. The floor is kind of like that. And I just remember putting my hand on the cold surface of the metal. It was cold, for sure. I just remember it being cold. And wherever I would touch, it would go translucent, and I could see the outside of the ship. So anywhere that I would touch on the wall would completely show me the outside. It would become a window. And it would stay like that for a couple of seconds and then fade back to metal. And then I touch it. So I don't know if that's some kind of technology or whatever, but I know that it was I they allowed me to walk around the ship on this on this occasion long enough. Or maybe I just wandered around and remember it long enough to be able to touch the walls of the ship. And I remember when I looked out. I was above, like, I must have been, like, no more than 15 feet above a cornfield or, like, some sort of open, grassy field. But I just remember I wasn't, like, all the way up in space or in the sky. I was for sure just hovering somewhere, like, in the distance. I don't know. It could have been close to my house. could have been far. Who knows? But that's, like, a small experience I've had on ship in that house. And also, I don't remember how I got anywhere or the gown on how I got on ship. I don't know if this happened multiple times, only once. Like, this is like, just like a memory I have of touching, like a distinct touching a wall and watching it go away and looking at my clothes and going, holy shit, like, what is this? And feeling the floor and knowing that it's kind of spongy. Like, I just giving you what I can feel and remember. Then I just remember this one experience, which it starts getting into like the hybridization program type territory. And um, I just remember being in my driveway and seeing this huge UFO, like big enough to cover half of the freaking sky. Like it was just huge. It was massive, like Independence Day type crap, just massive. Not like so big, well, Independence Day is a bad example, but like it's just big, bigger than usual sightings. Like you see a UFO, they look so small, little tic tacs in the sky. Like this was like close enough to my house to where you could see the good detail of this ship. There was like a little bit of a mist coming off of it. And like I can see that close, I can see like gaps within the ship, like little carvings and phrases but not rivets it was like lights emanating from cracks within a solid form is the best way i could explain it and um fast forward i see the ship i'm with my son and once again I, every time i mention my kids i want to say i don't know what this is it could be you know, dream state vibes, it could be whatever, but I'm just giving you exactly what I remember, nothing more, nothing less. 
So I'm, I, I got my son, and I go from looking at this ship with him in the driveway, which, by the way, don't remember how I got to this driveway, why I'm in the driveway. Don't remember any of it. And I just know I'm in the driveway, fully clothed. I got my son with me. We're both looking at the ship. Now we're walking down this long hallway. This hallway's long. And I mean, it could go on forever. It's a long hallway. It's white. And I don't see lights, but it's lit. So there's no like, you know, fluorescent lights above the ceilings. There's no like neon lights on the floor. There's, it's just a lit up long hallway. The best I can explain it is the hallway had atmosphere. I don't know how to tell you. It looked like it just was lit like day in the hallway, but I couldn't tell you. It looked like the hallway was light. Let's just say it that way, right? And in the distance, I do see people walking far in the distance or whatever, but it could be, you know, beings. It could be humans working with beings. It could be, you know, military personnel. I don't know. All I know is that at the end of this long hallway, there is some kind of like regular stuff going on that I'm not privy to, that they could care less if I'm walking down this long hallway. My son is, is I'm holding my son with my right hand. I'm holding his left hand and he's walking. And to the left of me is this really tall, I used to call them tall whites, but the, but the more I do research, the more I know it would be the wrong thing to call this being because a tall white has a completely different description from what I've researched. So this being looked like a gray, but a smaller head, it was way taller than a gray. I'm talking like Shaq, Shaq and a half, seven, seven and a half feet. I'm six foot one, six foot two. I was at shoulder length. You know what I'm saying? Like I was shoulder to this thing. Like I, I looked, I looked like a, a, a little person, like an LP next to this thing. Like it was really tall. I just remember the neck being long. And the reason why I remember the neck being a little longer and the head being a little smaller was when I looked up at it, which by the way, I'm perfectly fine with this too. It's holding my hands. The fingers were long enough to engulf my whole hand. Like the fingers engulfed my whole hand. It was so long. And um, I just remember the way it looked at me. It tilted his head and kind of like his neck did like this head look. The only thing I can explain is like the Terminator liquid kind of like face movement or whatever, but it wasn't that crazy, but it was longer than the average neck of a gray. It was tall. It didn't have clothes on. The arms and fingers were past the knees. So if it was standing straight, its, its hands were definitely, its fingers were definitely past its kneecaps. It wasn't had. It didn't have too much meat to it. It was. It was frail, um, very skinny, very frail. Like it probably weighed out one sixty, one eighty. Even though it was seven and a half feet tall, like very frail. <clears throat> I feel like I could snap it in half if I wanted to. Like, it, but also, even though it looked the way it looked, I didn't get a sense of intimidation at all. It was very. Very determined, almost like science work, but very like, 
I don't want to hurt you, man. Like, it wasn't like you're coming with me whether you like it or not. I was perfectly fine going with this being. And my son was too. And to the right of to the right of my son holding his hand was the same, like twins, the same exact being. We're in the middle. It's walking us down this long hallway. I think it had pants on. I can't tell you if it had genitalia. I wasn't really looking that hard, but I think it has some kind of covering for the bottom half. So maybe it does have genitalia and they were covering it up. Don't know. Don't know why that would be a thing. I'm just telling you what I think I remember. I, I It's just think of a slender, tall gray with a longer neck and kind of a smaller grayish head long ass fingers and it's tall that's what i'm dealing with right now and we're walking down this hallway it takes me to the front of this two-way mirror and i know it's a two-way mirror now because of what i'm going to tell you in a little bit but at the time it just looked like a window or whatever right so we're walking up to this mirror it, the gray on the on the right of my son grabs my son, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. I'm not panicking. I'm not worried about it, which, you know, would be weird to some people. An extraterrestrial, very tall, very skinny, not looking human, taking your pride and joy, your beautiful baby boy, into a room. You would think that I would be very protective and very scared, but for some reason... Totally fine with it. So that's why I would think I was under some sort of hypnosis, under some sort of kind of like, I was okay with all of it. Like, all right, whatever, man. Taking my son in this room. I guess so. So this thing takes my son in this room. My son sits down. He's sitting Indian style in the room. A door opens up within this room. The being places me in front of the window. I'm looking inside of the room that my son is in now. And it's a daycare. It looks like a daycare. It has all the, this this tall being, like he brings my son into this room, puts me in front of this mirror. And now I know it's a two-way mirror because now I'm inside of this, now I'm looking inside of this window and I can see a daycare. My son's sitting inside, he's chilling Indian style. There's a door on the inside. I know it looks like a daycare from the outside of the hallway because the best way I could explain it is like um, the inside of like a hospital room for kids. You know how they got the murals on the wall, like a bear leading the conga parade with like two rabbits and then a kid and then a, a tiger teaching a lesson in a tree. Like those kind of paintings. There was toys on the floor. There was this big rocking chair in the middle of the room and kind of like to the right of the room. My son was sitting Indian style on the floor and these other beings, which I would say look like hybrid children uh, because they look like humans, but their hair was very thin, very frail, eyes super, super big, but their, but their features were very human. Like the nose was human. The mouth was as big as humans. Like the, the skin was a little bit more chalky white, but, but there was about two to three of them. I would say one female, two males, and they were sitting down in Indian style with my son in the circle. And they proceeded to kind of like, you know, play games, which I would say would be like learning how to move things with their mind, like a feather, 
by pushing a feather back and forth and learning how to tip a block over, like little things like that. And this tall white would watch me watching from the hallway through this window as they're doing it, like almost inspecting me, inspecting my son playing with the hybrids. Weird, but that's what I was getting. So I'm, I'm looking through this window for a little while. Then I get um, escorted into the room, the same room that my son is in, the same daycare, looks like a daycare. Now, this is the reason why I know it's a two-way mirror. Now I can see that it's only a mirror from the inside. You can only see from the outside in, you know? So now it's just, I'm looking at myself in this rocking chair and I'm sitting down in the rocking chair. It's a daycare. It looks like a daycare. My kid is playing with these hybrid kids. I'm totally fine with it. And in comes this, I would say, hybrid woman. You know, she's very older. She has also frail hair, but a little bit more put together, almost in a bun, like a little bit, enough hair to be in a bun, like a little up bun or whatever that kind of came up like that a little bit. And she, had, but I knew, it was a, I knew it was a human again, this lady, because her eyes, it's just the eyes say it all. The eyes are just really big eyes. The features are almost human, almost perfect, but those eyes were just like intense big eyes. And they proceed to hand me a baby. And I'm just sitting there with this baby in my hand in this rocking chair. They give me a bottle and they're just watching me try to feed it. And I looked down at the baby and sad to say, the baby looked like it was dying. It was really sick. It looked really frail, really hurt, not healthy. Eyes were very big again, nose human, mouth human, but the eyes were super, hair was almost non-existent, very frail and it didn't want to eat it was almost almost like it wanted to see me nurse this baby like like the grays wanted to see me give a bottle to this baby and want to see how i do it as a human i don't know the best way i can explain it i don't remember leaving the room i don't remember leaving with my son i don't remember anything i just remember going from that rocking chair to now i'm in a stadium or like a lecture hall or like some kind of sitting area at a college where a lot of people could sit down and I'm just sitting down in this lecture hall and I'm looking down at this table. Now I'm not even weirded out that I'm there. I'm just, I go from rocking chair, holding baby to like one blink. And now I'm in this lecture hall sitting in a chair with no feet. It doesn't have like feet. It's like attached to the wall. So like you think of a wall and then like a scoop out and then I'm sitting in the scoop. It's the best way I can explain it. And I'm, and then there's a tear down and then a scoop out and there's a tear down and a scoop out. And it's like that, like a stadium going down, looking at a stage with a table on it. And there's like an archway door to the right. And I'm kind of like just sitting there like I'm waiting for Gary V to come out and do a fucking lecture. Like that's what I'm waiting for. And I'm just sitting there and there's this, obese woman sitting next to me, you know, maybe upwards of 240, 260 pounds, black chick from Brooklyn. And she's just like, yo, what's up? And we're having like a legit conversation. Like I'm having a conversation with this chick from Brooklyn and we're just talking, hey, I'm from this chick from Brooklyn. I don't know how I got here. And I'm like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm, I'm from the Bronx, what's up? And like, 
we're just talking, even though I'm not at the Bronx at the time, you know, whenever somebody says they're from New York and you have New York roots, you automatically go, oh, you're from Brooklyn, I'm from the Bronx. At the time I was taken in, in Oviedo, but you know, whatever, I'm talking to her. Then all of a sudden, I'm looking at this archway door and this being walks in. And the best way I can explain it, man, is it's this translucent kind of like, it doesn't have any bones. It's walking in like a jelly, slow motion type manner. The inside of his body is like sparkly in like some kind of way. And the, I just remember the top of his head looking like a flicker of flame as it was walking. The best way I could explain it was, if you ever see Hellboy 2, there's this character that's made out of smoke that's in a suit. And when he's in the gym one time, he's kicking Hellboy's butt. He turns into like the smoke character. And the way he walks away, dum -da -dum -da -dum, like the way the guy is like his, his smoke body walking away, is almost identical. Like imagine something with no bones, how it would like, it would walk, like if you have no structure of bones holding your body, you would walk like you have jelly in your body. So that's kind of like, and the flicker of flame, I can't understand it. I don't know if it was an actual fire above him. At PackUp, our goal is to get people outside faster and with more confidence while increasing safety and enjoyment in the outdoors. Forgetting a piece of gear might lead to a funny story later, but it could also be life-threatening. Whether you are a complete novice or an experienced multi-sport adventurer, PackUp takes the guesswork out of trip preparation by creating unique, customizable packing lists for every trip based on your activities and accommodations. You can collaborate with others on group trips and manage all your gear in your own personalized gear closet. Learn more at GetPackUp.com. I don't know if his head was made out of fire. I don't get none of the flicker of flame thing, but I just remember distinctly looking at the head and kind of seeing like this flicker thing going on above the head. It could be a force field around his whole body. I don't know, but it's just, it looked like that. And it's walking towards this table. And on this table, I noticed there's this little black box. And it points its hand at the black box and the black box opens up from the top and this big hologram of the earth pops out. Like you can see the, the, the kind of the, like the little light photons from like the cinema movie. Like when you go to the movies, you can see the projector kind of hand the screen. You can see the lights coming out the box and then forming this big earth. And the earth is spinning in a slow rotation. And then as you're looking at the earth and you're like wowed by this dope cinematic display of like hologram, right? This meteor comes in out of nowhere and hits the earth and makes it explode into pieces, into slow motion in this hologram. And I'm looking at it with this lady from Brooklyn next to me. We're both staring at it. And I think there's other people like in the stadium, but it's not like a packed house. Like every chair wasn't full. There was like two people here, one person there, three in the corner, one over here. But only I was only close enough to see the one that was right next to me directly. And I don't know why I saw this lady specifically. Maybe there's a lady from Brooklyn 
that's, you know, a couple, 200 pounds is talking about me in a podcast that I don't know about. But, you know, it's the truth. I don't know why, but it, she was there. Maybe we was just there at the same time to see the same class. Who knows? That's just what I remember. And um, when this thing happened, when this explosion happened, I heard in my head, in another voice this time, when this happens, you'll have a job to do. And then I get a flash of me and a whole bunch of people standing in this field, looking up at the sky and this freaking meteors coming in, like burning hot. And we all put our hands up simultaneously like that. And it explodes in the middle of the air. And then flash. And I'm in the, I'm in the driveway again with my son. And my son has his legs wrapped around me. And he has his head on my shoulder and he's just like, you know, just sleeping like I was holding him and I'm watching this big UFO fly away as I'm in my driveway. And I don't even remember going inside the house or like putting him to sleep. I just remember being in the driveway and then waking up. So that was that long ass experience. And I don't know if the auditorium and the long hallway and the big UFO is even the same thing. It could be three separate occasions or maybe something completely different happened on ship. And those are the memories they decided to give me to make me whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying what I remember to the day, how I remember it. You know what I'm saying? And um, let me see another one. Um, yeah, I remember in meditation one time, I met a good friend of mine. I like to call him a friend because this is why it gets weird for me, okay? A lot of people think of insectoid beings or like the mantis beings, and you think very scary, very like a lot of research I've done on these beings. I've seen nothing but negative things. And I got to be honest, I've seen a lot of negative things from the mantises. I believe that I've had contact with a mantis being called O, and I'm going to tell you why I call him O, um, and, and it was a very positive experience. It was not negative at all. If anything, he shielded me from anything that might be able to hurt me, and I'm going to tell you how that's happened. So I'm meditating. At this point, I've had a lot of ET experiences, and I'm starting to journey into meditation and kind of like journey into, you know, power of self and get into telekinesis and streetlight interference, turning off streetlights with my mind. Like, I'm starting to do cool things to, like, kind of like prove to myself that we are in a matrix and we can manifest like you can move things with your mind you can levitate you can turn off street lights i've never levitated before as far as i know but i have you know moved things with my mind i've done the little pinwheel experiments underneath jars and been able to do that i've been able to turn off you know candles with my mind stuff like that with good meditation I, I but i also believe that none of this is like given to me by ets i believe that every human can do this i believe you can do this i believe i can teach people how to do this if if um, I get better at the techniques and I decide to go down that path, I have no problem giving away that information because I believe that this is why I'm doing these podcasts right now is to show people like, dude, you're not weird if you're trying to move things with your mind. People are going to tell you you're weird. 
No, it's possible. There's people that do it all the time. There's people that do telekinesis all the time. There's people that that, that are telepathic. I play telepathic games with my kids where I pick colors randomly around the house. I tell them to go look for them, and they're pretty good. And they do it as games. Like, we just do it as games. Nothing like, oh, my God, you're psychic, buddy. We just do it like it's playing hide-and-seek. I just add little touches to it to, like, awaken those senses at an early age so that way they can start understanding how powerful they are in their life and they can manifest their dreams. So anyway, I'm going on on a tangent. I'm doing this meditation of like really deep into myself. I'm about 20 minutes in and I get this feeling of like, yo, there's something that wants to contact with me. It's something that wants to connect with me. So sure enough, I do what I do all the time when I want to connect with anything. I go with peace, love, and light. I'm surrounded with golden light. I want to say that anything negative that wants to contact me, I want nothing to do with you. And anything positive that wants to come in, I will be more than happy to communicate. You know, like I, I go in and I protect myself properly. And in that state, excuse me, and in that state, I get this, you know, you know, my name is, but no, 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 no. I get this feeling of like, I'm going to like come into your presence, but you can't look at me. Like it off back goes, I'm going to manifest myself, but you can't look at me. And I'm like, okay, why can't I look? Like, I'm a little weirded out. Like, why can't I look at you? I'm doing all this in my mind to telepath. I'm telepathically connecting mentally, almost like I'm having a conversation in my mind with myself, but I'm kind of going with the flow and trusting the process. And I'm going, uh, why can't I look at you or whatever? And it goes, because I look like this. And then it instantly, from from the right part of my brain, to the left part of my brain, with my eyes closed, I almost see like a photograph of a cockroach standing up on his legs, like a big bug with like his arm, like two arms, four arms, six arms, and like really like the big eyes and the the, the triangle and the little fucking ten eye and like, yeah, like fucking, you know, the thing. And I see it and I'm like, whoa. And he's like, yeah. That's what I look like. So I'm going to manifest in your room, but I don't want you to look at me. I want you to look directly in the corner. I want you to focus in the corner of your room. And I'm like, okay. So I open my eyes slightly to a soft gaze, and I kind of just start focusing to the corner of my room. And I get this idea in my head. I promise you, I said this in my head. I'm going to turn my head. The minute I see anything in the corner, I'm going to go like this. And I, because I want to see it, right? Who wouldn't want to see it, right? If you're really looking at a big ass cockroach, you want to see it, right? Like, you're going to want to look at it, right? Like, so I thought it. I just remember how crazy this was. I thought it. The minute I thought it, the second, nanosecond, I get a response, an instant response that goes, if you try to do that, I'm just going to disappear. So don't do it at all. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this is getting kooky. That's not me talking to myself. That's me thinking about doing it. I didn't go, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. Like, that's not what I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I'm going to turn my head the minute I see anything move. If you do that, I'm going to disappear. And I'm just like, whoa. Okay, maybe I'm starting to, I am communicating with something. As I say that, 
I start seeing a black haze start forming in my peripheral vision. And it goes, you can look at me so you know I'm there only through your peripheral vision. So you continue to do your soft gaze. But like, as I'm looking at the corner right now, I can see my whiteboard. I'm not looking at my whiteboard, but I can see my whiteboard. So the haze was forming in the in the vision of where my whiteboard could be right now. It was just in my periphery, like right here. I can see my hand moving. That's where the so I can see something there, and it's forming, and it's like appearing from the bottom up, and it's huge, bro, and it's black, and it's completely behind me, and it's huge, like big, bro. I gauge the size of the thing because I was sitting on my couch. It's like if I'm sitting on my couch and I got my arm on the armrest, it's like in this part of my peripheral. And I'm looking at this like a studio door that's right there. I'm six foot one. I could walk into the door without ducking. I would assume you would have to duck like around six foot four, six foot five. This thing was forming beyond the, the height of the door. So now I'm, I'm looking at what could be a six-foot, six eight, seven-foot cockroach standing behind me, praying mantis standing behind me, completely non-humanoid. If I turn around, I'm going to see the fly. You understand? The old-school version of the fly is going to be behind me. So, so, so I'm a little freaked out. I cannot front. I see this thing. I see it forming. I'm a little freaked out about it. And it's making me laugh by showing me that it's a bug. And it's going, I'm this. So the next time you step on one, just remember, we're bigger. And I'm just like, yeah, like, right, like literally laughing about this thing has a sense of humor. It almost like is starting to feel my fear ramp up and was like, I got to do a knock knock joke for this dude or else he's going to fucking Excuse my language. I gotta do a knock knock dude. I gotta do a knock knock joke for this dude. Or he's gonna poop his pants. Like it's gonna get real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it almost in a way made the joke of like, don't ever step on a cockroach again, or I'll come after you, in a way to make me go, Oh my god, you're not a psychopathic insect from Mars that wants to destroy and eat my soul. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm a little comfortable with that little laughter part of it. And I go, okay, I'm, I'm too deep into this. There is still a possibility here that I'm hallucinating this. And I'm like bugging out. Like, like there's still a possibility that this is not real. And I'm doing this to myself. So I distinctly act in my brain as I'm doing this soft gaze. And I now, and I now see in the, in this this formed black thing that will not allow me to look at it because if I look at it, my heart will explode out of complete fear or whatever. <laughs> and um, I go, how do I know that I'm actually talking to a bee and I'm not, and I'm not talking to myself. Like, how can I know? Like, I can't look at you. Right. Like in my brain, like I can't look at you. You won't. So it could be a hallucination. I want to be real. Like I want this to be real so bad. Like I'm literally saying this to myself, bro. Like this is what makes me feel like I'm not crazy because I don't think a crazy person would ask himself those questions in the middle of feeling crazy. Like I don't think a crazy person goes, yo, you know what? 
I, well, maybe they do. I don't freaking know. But all I know is that I asked myself in the middle of this that's going on in my meditation and this experience that I'm supposedly having with this being right now is how do I know I'm not talking to myself? Like, how do I know that this ain't me? And it gives me this long name. Like, this is my name. And it says, Asmarada Sazmata. I couldn't even say it if I wanted to. Osmospheres. I know that there's a plugin called Omnisphere out there. And the only thing close to the word I saw in my brain was Omnisphere plus words. So it was like Omnisphere, some stuff, right? And I just remember going, that's way too long. And the way it came to me was spelt and a vibrational tone, and it was coming to me like in my mind. So it's like if I'm gazing in my mind's eye, there's just this words coming at me, letters, and but O is in the beginning. And I just remember looking at the O in the beginning, and he goes, just call me O. And I go, oh, okay, I could call you O. So what up, O? Okay, O, how do I know, O? that I'm not bugging. Like, how do I know this is this is real? How do I know this is happening? Oh. And in my mind, again, it goes subquantum kinetics. That's how I got here, subquantum kinetics. And at the time, I was not researching quantum physics. I can't spell quantum kinetics. I can barely spell my name. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm spelling... But I spell really bad. I have really bad spelling grammar. My paragraphs are very just long run-on sentences. But for some reason, I snapped out of this gaze completely, out of my meditation. The haze is gone. After it goes subquantum kinetics, subquantum kinetics is how I got here. I completely snapped out of it, went directly to my computer, and typed perfectly which I'm so proud of, subquantum kinetics. I, I typed it to the T, which to me can't happen. So that's a miracle in itself. But <laughs> I typed it really fast, almost like I knew how, what I was supposed to type at the time because it was given to me, downloaded. And there was only one paper I was able to find at the time. But if you look up subquantum kinetics and the way it's used, how dark matter is used to travel through our space and time, it's easy to see that ETs are used to subquantum kinetics to be able to work within the, our gravitational field. So with that being said, I knew about subquantum kinetics a little earlier on before I even started going deep diving into like the, I didn't even know the double split theory at the time, let alone subquantum kinetics. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, oh, that took me on the path of like, hey, maybe you should learn physics because that way you can manifest whatever you want. Just saying, have fun. You know, like, like it was like a layup. You're not, you're not dreaming, bro. I got here this way. Here's your proof. We had communication. I've probably spoke, spoken to you 10,000 times before. You just don't remember because I want it that way. Whatever it was for that specific meditation, he blessed me with a presence. And I don't know 
what anybody else knows about Mantis is out there. Please reach out. Let me know. But um, O was super cool, and I didn't get no negative vibes from him. If I was to see O today, I would hug that big ass cockroach and give him a kiss on his little cockroach face and tell him thank you for putting me on. Because at the end of the day, I probably look like a cockroach thing. So I don't know what they're stepping on on their planet. So who knows, right? You know, I'm a hairy ape. He's a cockroach. I'm a hairy ape. Why can't we be friends? That's the way I look at it. It doesn't matter to me, right? So long story short, that's O. O's a little kind of like the the a, a little disoriented in the way I remember him because it was in a very heavy meditation. And I believe that a lot of that was done within dream state and out of dream state. So I would love to have a meditation on O2. I would love to communicate with O again. I haven't communicated with O since, but I have seen bugs and I have said, I ain't stepping on you. Holla at my boy O. So <laughs> I've, I've kept it true since O. Just saying. Anyway, um, one more, which I think is pretty cool, which actually you helped me out with, and I'm super happy about that, Jake. So thank you, man, for, for putting me on to this. But um, for a long time now, I've had a dream state kind of memory of a past life. And I can really, I really resonate with this being a past life. And um, I just remember being on this boat. I'm on this boat. And it's like a wooden canoe. And I'm sitting within this wooden canoe. And I'm on, it's like I'm on this big ocean. And the water is purple. And it's electrified. It looks like this, like sparks of electricity going through it. And it's like a jelly, gelatin-like ocean or whatever. And I just remember looking at my hands. And I had scales. I had webbed hands. And um, I just remember going, whoa, look at my hands. And look at my green scales. And I just remember touching my head and feeling these like green kind of like outer fins or whatever going around my head. Kind of like as I'm looking at my head, I look up at the sky of the horizon over the ocean, this ocean that I'm in. And I see this big, massive planetary kind of like planet in the horizon and another like moon in the background and another moon behind that and i'm just like wow look how beautiful this this like big like horizon and then i snap out of it right and i just remember always have remembering that and going that was in a dream this is real so i do my research and I look up these beings called the Nomos. And let me tell you, it's exactly identical to what I remember. And if you look up um, certain episodes on the YouTube channel Earth Files, you'll find that around the planetary system of um, Sirius A and B, there is a water-like planet. Um, that is fully submerged with water that they say have beings on it that are water-like beings. So I'm not I'm not saying that I am, but I do resonate with my star origins being from Sirius B. So I'm reaching out to anybody out there that might know more about these no more beings. 
please let me know because I do feel like that's a part of my star origins. It's a part of my star family. And I would love to connect with that a little bit more. So please reach out to the homie Jake. So reach out to me. And that's pretty much it, man. I'm pretty, I probably have some more stuff in the pocket that I could talk about, but, um, you know, overall, that's pretty much the extent of my experiences. I'm always looking for more because I'm always doing C5s. And I also want to give shout outs to people out there that also use their artistic abilities to be able to, like, talk about the experiences. I commend you. I know I'm not the only one out there. And I know I'm not the only one out there even doing it in the forms of hip hop and R&B. So I would love to collab with anybody out there. People I respect are like, you know, the Billy Carsons of the world. You know, I respect the whole company of like Gaia and what they bring to the table as far as like information that they bring to the table. Of course, people like Linda Moten Howell and, 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 and Dr. Steven Greer and other people that also aside from the UFO stuff, you know, like Bruce Lipton and the just all these other people that are here to show you the power that lies within and that also you yourself could communicate with beings that are not from planet Earth or maybe from planet Earth that, you know, want to communicate with you in the spirit of peace and universal consciousness. So I really urge you guys to look up Dr. Stephen Greer and, and Dr. Stephen Greer. Look up CE5 initiatives and find yourself a group and go out there and have some contact experiences for yourself. It only brings us closer to cosmic awareness. So please go out there and do that. Support people like my man Jake over here and his page because he's bringing good information out there. So please donate to his page, subscribe. You know, it doesn't cost anything to subscribe to his page. It doesn't cost anything to like his page. Look out for the homie Jake because if it wasn't for pages like his and podcasts like like his, I wouldn't be able to get my story out there, which, which I've already helped a lot of people and looking to help a lot more with my story, which is the only reason why I'm bringing it out there. Obviously, we all want to touch as many people as possible so we can, you know, make more music and tour around the world and talk about our stories. I get it. I'm not going to sit here and lie like I don't want to go everywhere talking about my experience and connecting with other people. But I also want to let you guys know that the main objective for me doing this is to help, is to let people know that they're not alone, is to let people know that I do understand that there's PTSD that comes along with this. It's a very long time that I have spent thinking that I was crazy, thinking that my family viewed me in a certain way, thinking that I couldn't talk about this out of fear of what might happen to my family or out of fear... Enough of all that. If we bring it out there and we speak our truth as a collective and we support each other, we support each other's artistic abilities, we, we, we support each other's music, each other's poetry, each other's movies, each other's podcasts, each other's um, whatever we got going on to spread the word. If we support that, then we can get 
collectively, everybody on the same page. And we could probably get some good technology released. We could probably get some solid changes in, in humanity. So I'm not here to like be anybody's guru. I'm not here to be anybody's teacher or mentor. I'm literally here to connect with every being that finds any kind of resonance with what I'm saying and believes truly that this information should be out there. And once again, anybody that can help me out with any kind of regressions or anything in that nature, I'm always down. Please reach out to Jake. Let me know. And with that being said, Jake, is there anything you want to ask me? Is there anything left? Is like, are, are we good? I'm pretty much tapped out, my brother. No, I hear you. Uh, real quick, there's only a couple things I wrote down, and I'll, I'll let you go because I know yeah. uh, both of our uh, wives are, are waiting on us. Um, <laughs> no worries. Well, you spoke earlier about um, how once uh, at one point you were like face to face with the gray yeah. and it had, you know, the classic large pitch black uh, almond eyes. Yeah. But you said that underneath it was almost like you could see a pupil kind of sure. almost moving back and forth. Um, I've heard many of time that um, for whatever reason, the light, they're very, very sensitive to light. And um, that the same way that human beings wear contacts, they are almost wearing um, black shaded contacts over their eyes, so much so that they've been removed during autopsies. Uh, have you ever heard that before? Wow. You see, no, that's, that's a validation. Now, I have heard that they are sensitive to light, but I always found it weird that a lot of people don't talk about the whole like everybody just thinks it's pure blackness. Yeah, from a distance, it, it would look like pure blackness, but when they're face to face, like Omo Eskimo kissing you, there's some movement happening behind this. So that's really, that's really cool validation. To be completely honest, I I heard I heard the only person I heard speak about this at all was Dr. Carla Turner. Aside from that, man. I haven't really heard it anywhere else. So the fact that you heard it other places, that's complete, complete like validation for me. So it's all good. I'm happy about that. Even though it was scary, it was a scary experience. So Grace, if you're listening, you know, just walk up to me and kiss me. Don't let me wake up and just see you there, buddy. It's not how we do things. <laughs> so so if you guys enjoyed uh, the the music we played from Schizo earlier. Uh, you guys have to go check out his SoundCloud. It's absolutely phenomenal, I'm telling you. I've listened to minimum 25, 30, 35 songs. They're all exceptional. Um, you're a very modest person, but uh, you were you were just featured on SoundCloud uh, today. Yeah, can, can you yeah. tell our audience <laughs> briefly about that really quick? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. Uh, a song of mine called Year in a Day, where I talk about, you know, star seeds and stuff and awakening to like my star seed views was actually chosen to be played on SoundCloud radio. And not to toot my horn a little bit. I do, I you know, I do do a little bit about the things as well. I, I also create a show with my wife called Needles and Scratch, in which we teach kids about, you know, planets, tying their shoes and, you know, dealing with other people and stuff like that. It's almost like a hip-hop version of Sesame Street, but it's really cool. You can look that up, Needles and Scratch on YouTube. And um, 
Also, I just recently won a Telly Award with my wife and Wild Style Media Group for a song that my wife was featured on with DJ Magic Mike, the multi-platinum recording artist, DJ Magic Mike, called Another Dimension, which is the first single that he dropped for his latest album, which I'm super, super excited for because he just won a silver telly for best video. So my wife is excited about it. I'm excited about it because I wrote it. So, yes, yeah, you know, a little something, a little steam is happening, but I don't... I don't really want to make it about that. I just, look, I left the world in which, in hip hop and R&B, sadly, in the current state that is in, a lot of the music is very negative, is very drug related, is very low vibrational, is very to keep our people down. And sadly to say, I was really good in that genre of music. And I decided a long time ago that I wasn't, helping anybody by putting those negative vibrations into the world. So I decided to find a way to kind of like work with cymatics and scared geometry to be able to get the proper tones in my music to invoke emotion that is more on the positive spectrum and not on the negative spectrum. So I'm currently working on the album, which is it's taking me a lot longer than usual, but I'm trying to make the most perfect sonically sounding album in the form of hip hop and R&B. My ultimate goal is to be able to make peace, love and light music, hippie music as they want to say, um, to be mainstream. I want to try to try to shift the consciousness of where my genre that I love so much is right now, which is in a low vibrational state. And I want to get it back to where it started in the early times where it was more like about the streets and telling people not to do things and, you know, telling people about the power that they had. And, you know, I'm just really big on letting humans know that we are very powerful and it's a very, very weird time that we're in right now. We're in a very special time in which this whole planet is raising in vibration right now. And everybody's having to have choices to make right now. And manifestation is happening so fast right now. So it's like, if you're in any way working on the light side of things, now is the time to develop your content. Now is the time to develop your art. Now is the time to get heard because this is time. It's time to work. You see what's going on out there. It's time to work. It's just time to work. So I appreciate you, Jake. I appreciate your podcast. I appreciate your listeners. Thank you all for everybody that stuck with the whole thing and listened to my story. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing so. And um, I'm really personable and easy to reach out to. So please just reach out to me if you if you want to speak to me in any capacity. And if you can't get to me personally, get to Jake. Jake is the homie. He got me on text. He can call me whenever he want. So if you can't get to me, get to him and he'll get to me for sure. So peace, love and light. Jake, if you ain't got anything else, I got to go, my bro. Guys, get good at uh, receiving love. Make it a priority to spread love and tr let's treat each other kindly and uh, let's uh, let's grow up a little bit as a, as a species. <laughs> Word up. Word up. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go, man. It was a, it was a blast. It was an honor. And I really appreciate your time.
Oh, man, thank you. It was an honor for me as well. It was a blast, man. And, and and thank you for being a friend, bro. Thank you for helping me out. Definitely not the only podcast we're going to do. It's just the first of many. And be on the lookout for your man, Jake. He's got a lot of stuff planned. I mean, I don't know about you guys, man, but I'm excited to see the things he's got going on. So check him out. Stay in contact. Look out for both of us because we got some things coming. And, um, you know, peace, love, man, for real. If you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, check out last week's episode. It was really, really good. I worked really hard on it. If you like this one, you're going to love that one. If you guys are enjoying this episode, the best way you can help us is to leave us a five-star review. Um, It really, really, really does help. Also, like, share, tell your friends. Whatsoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. You know that very well. If you have a story that you'd like to share, the best way to contact me is through Facebook. My name on Facebook is Aliens, UFOs, one word, space, Ghost Stories.